welcome back to episode 23 of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. I'm a bit upbeat, but um, in reality, I was kind of depressed this morning, Aaron. I don't know. It didn't come home. Well, should we, should we talk about the elephant in the room, yeah? Yeah, go on. Uh, Novak Djokovic, he, he won yet another Grand Slam. 20 now. Rav. Insane. <sighs> terrible, bro. terrible, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, also something called the Euros happened. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, man, I, I don't know. I don't really, I don't know if we should start joking about it just yet, but um, unfortunately, it didn't come home. It went Rome and uh, we, we lost on penalties in the end. Brother, it had to be penalties. Like, of all penalties. things, it had to be penalties. My God. What was your thoughts before we went in like, to the match? Did you think we were going to win? You know what's funny? I predicted this exact thing to happen. I said it's going to be 1 1, and then England are going to park the bus out of fear I swear to God this is what I said and I said then Italy will take it on penalties well, I mean, I um, Southgate bruv I know him so well me and Southgate yeah you see his mind I read it this guy hates to play attack hates it he was like clawing on to that 1-0 for like for no reason well I mean the generation of players we have now are insane like the attacking option he has is insane what does he do he just sits back no press, no nothing. Yeah, I think scoring so early um, actually kind of worked against England, weirdly enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what did you think of, like, the, before we get to the pens, what did you think of, like, the game, how we played it tactically? I, I, this is the thing, like, I haven't really been a fan of Southgate's football all throughout. Um, I think he plays very defensive. And as you said, we've got a very, like, very attacking team, attack-minded team, a lot of great players. Arguably one of like the, you know, these generational talents all over the pitch. So, you know, it, it was a bit disappointing to see him come out yet again and play very defensive in the final. But, mm. you know, you I think we got a bit lucky in terms of the teams that we played up until now. We played maybe arguably one of the worst German sides ever. We played uh, Denmark and we played um, Ukraine. And these weren't necessarily good teams. And our group was quite easy as well. Scotland, Czech Republic and Croatia and aging Croatia. So... You know, we, we got lucky to get to the final playing a very defensive style of football. And then, unfortunately, it all capitulated in the final. We scored early and tried to sit back for 90 minutes against a very good Italian side who doesn't really play Italian football, so to speak. They play mm-hmm. really nice attacking football, nice one-two passes. And, yeah, in the, at the end of the day, the better team won. Uh, let's be honest. Even if we won on penalties, it wouldn't have meant that we deserved it. Mm-hmm. I think, like, Italy definitely was one of the top teams. Um, and to be honest, if you look at the stats of the game... Just purely on stats, they did deserve to win it. Uh, I wouldn't, though, I wouldn't say, like, I know we had an easier run, but again, you can only play what's in front of you. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I wouldn't say Ukraine was like a loser. You know what I mean? I don't think Ukraine was that bad. Um, Germany was a bad Germany, I give you that, but it was still a tough team to play. Um, we won convincingly. So, yeah, our, our poll is, is, is a tough one. Italy deserved to win. But the game, you know, when you, once you get to the final, it doesn't matter who deserves to win. It's all up for grabs. And what I didn't see yeah. was like the correct tactics. Don't get me wrong. I think on an individual level, player by player, I actually think they gave 100%. Like, I have no qualms with the players, to be honest. My issue is really mm. with Southgate and the way he set up the team to play. He just like limited them, essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we can discuss kind of how we feel about the players as well, I guess. Um, obviously, the three players who missed were um, Sancho, Rashford and Saka. 
Mm. And then obviously we saw a tirade of, you know, racist abuse being thrown their way. But people aren't considering the fact that Rashford is 23, Sancho is 21, and Saka's only 19, you know, he's just a kid. Yeah. Um, now, initially, I was kind of angry at the England players because I thought to myself that the more senior ones should have said, let's take the pens and should have exactly. stepped up. But um, today, uh, you know, Southgate came out and said that he actually picked the pens himself. He picked who was going to go. Mm. And Jack Grealish also tweeted that actually he, he put his hand up and he said he wants to take a penalty. But the, you know, the manager decided no. And he gave it to Saka, which... That is a decision which I just, I don't understand. He's That's 19 so years old. He's never taken a penalty before. The thing with Jack Grealish is, I don't believe he's taken many penalties in his career either. I think he's maybe taken two yeah, and scored he's, one. You know but I mean? he's like, a lot I'll, older. I'll, yeah, Al Saka and Grealish, you're going to pick Grealish. He's just more mature. Yeah, he's played in more high intensity um, moments. Like, you know, even when he was in the championship and he had to mm. play against like Birmingham and a guy came on and punched him in the head. Like, you, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, all, that's, that's all, do you yeah. know what I mean? That's pressure and that's kind of experience. And But even then, like, I could just look out of place in that game if I'm being bro, honest with you. I love him, but he just wasn't good. Yeah, he would, look, look, Saka's a sick player, but we got a cool, uh, you know what I mean? A, a red card, a red card. Like, he was just not on it today. It's all right. It's fine. It's a, it's a final. He's 19. He's never played in this high high level before. But what you don't do is you just leave him on. And then on top of that, let him take the most important penalty of the tournament, essentially. Like, I think that was so stupid. And in front of him, he had Sterling hasn't taken it. Do you know what I mean? Henderson, I think he took him off. Um, Stones, even Stones. I'd rather Stones than Saka. Uh, the that decision making was absolutely horrendous. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I, you know, we can say what we can, we want to say, but at the end of the day, they did get to a final. Well done. Yeah, it was a bit easier than the other routes. Um, of the other teams had to go through, like you know, Portugal had to play um Belgium, and then Belgium had to play Italy, and then Italy had to play Spain, and so on, so on. So you know, obviously, Italy did have a much harder run. Um, they were the better team. No, I'm not. They were, but they, they, they were the better They deserved team. it. On, they on deserved paper, they deserved it, it yeah. and um, yeah, like it is what it is. Well done to them for getting to the final. We did I, have one of the youngest teams. I think our team was the youngest team anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm going to pose a question: hmm. Are you happy with second place? Well, when I say that, I mean, do you consider this a you know a good record? I don't now? necessarily consider it a a, a, a you know a, a good thing that we finished second. But at the same time, you know, we haven't gone to a final since they mm. won the World Cup, basically. So yeah, you, you know, you've got to take it with yeah, it's it's a bit of progress. I guess like 10 years ago or something, they did try to kind of change things around a bit, really promote youth, youth players mm. playing and so on. So we're kind of seeing the fruits of that being no, born yeah. now. But you know, we we got to make sure that we we cultivate these young talented players correctly. Mm, exactly, yeah. And not throw them in on penalty finals. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very unfortunate, but okay, you know, we can talk about the fallout of it all. Obviously, before the match, you saw people doing handstands with flares up their ass quite mm. literally, and, you know, <laughs> and it was it was crazy in London. And then obviously afterwards, it's a lot of dejection and, you know, sorrow and a lot of anger. And we saw a lot of violence break out. What was your thoughts on all that? Like, I knew violence was going to break out, man. I knew violence was going to break out. And I feel like, I don't know, man, was the government prepared for it? You have literally just ended lockdown essentially for the Euros, if you really think about it. People have been pent up all year. Is England in the final at Wembley? Do you know what I mean? Surely, surely you think like, you know what, let's step up, step up security around London. Anyway, they didn't. But what was more disappointing for me 
was like the the like attacks, man. They were like beating up Italians for what? It's football. Do you know what I mean? They deserve to win. Let them enjoy. Why? Like this is beyond belief in my in, like in my mind. I can't believe this happened. And then following that, we all know the fallout later on, all the obviously instant racist abuse on on the internet. But also there were people being attacked on the streets, like in real life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's reports of a couple of people being stabbed. There was a video of a guy being thrown into the Thames. Um, and yeah, like, you know, we were discussing this. Maybe we spoke about it on the bonus episode. So if you've listened to, you know, our regular episodes, you might not remember us saying this, but uh, we were discussing how, you know, as as people who who aren't necessarily English, as in, you know, genetically English, but were born here. So, you know, Steve, you're Algerian, I'm Kurdish. We did kind of discuss how it feels to kind of support England, knowing that there's this kind of air yeah. of nationalism surrounding the international team. Yeah. And, and you know we've what? kind of yeah. seen the ugly head of it rear itself around the corner when that penalty was missed. Disgusting. And this is the reason why I can I, I just don't feel like I can ever really fully commit to the, my support of England. Bruv, you know what it is, yeah? You know when we got to the final, I was watching the game. I was fully feeling it. Do you know what I mean? I was like, yes, come on. And then afterwards, I just felt like a complete plonker to say it nicely I'm like imagine how Saka must feel like imagine he, he chose England he could have went to Nigeria which is a very good team by the way chose England Nigeria got a good bunch of players I mean to be fair we can yeah. get into all of that a bit later but yeah carry on yeah takes the penalty looks on his Instagram hella racist stuff surely like you you sit down at least me are thinking why am I even why am I playing for this team like for what if I'm never going to be accepted as much as I try to assimilate do you know what I mean? As much as you try to assimilate, this happens. I know it's a minority, but the minority have a big effect in society. That's what people fail to understand. Like with, and this is why it must be absolutely squashed. And in my opinion, the government and the FA are not doing enough. As soon as they find someone with a, you know, with a record on this, you ban them from completely every event. You, 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 you really push them to the margins. That is, it, it blows my mind, man. It just... It, I actually got really upset today. I really got, I got upset. Couldn't work, man. I was reading like 50 articles on this, like things that were happening on the streets, what the players were getting. And it was just the black players. Just, do you know what I mean? Harry Kane wasn't having a great game. Let's be real. Harry Kane didn't have a good tournament at all. I mean, he, all. he scored against uh, Ukraine and it kind of, you know, stat padded it for him a little bit. But really, but Harry Kane didn't have a good tournament. But and, like, why is it yeah. concentrated on the like ethnically diverse players? Like, we know they're just racist and they're idiots. But do you know what I mean? Like, for people like us, I'm being honest, man. For people like us, it just makes you say, you know, what? screw this England thing. Like, just in general. No, I'm not even talking about football, but like just in society. It's like, why should I even bother? Do you know what I mean? And then yeah, it's a vicious it's, circle. It's a bit like the whole David Lammy thing where he's really pushing his I'm English, I'm English thing. But it's like, you know, if you time and again see that there's a rejection there, like why are you trying to, who are you trying to prove what to? Do you know what I mean? Like after a certain point, as you said, it's like, why? Why should we even bother? Fuck it. Like I'm not even going to, you know, it's not a thing that I need to claim necessarily. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. And I feel like that's how a lot of people felt following that loss. But then, you know, in a way, I see it as a good thing because let's say we had one. You know, was anything mm. really going to change? All that's actually happened when we've lost is the the truth has kind of reared its head and the mm-hmm. kind of um, good vibes has has disappeared now. But really, this has always been 
the case. This is it's way, always been the there in society. Yeah, I, I do know though. For me, like it's important to put it in perspective to know that it is the minority. But again, like I said, minority have a big effect. And what bothers me more is not that this minority exists, but it's when you look at authority and they don't do anything. That is the part that bothers me. Like they, they will probably always exist, but if your government, like Pretty Patel, you know, saying what did she say about the the knee? Like, I, oh, they shouldn't. Can... Get... I can read it for you if you'd like. So Your she friend. she put out a tweet um, with regards to, you know, the racist abuse that was coming her way. And then actually Tyrone Mings responded to her. So she said, I am disgusted that England players who have given so much for our country this summer have been subject to vile racist abuse on social media. It has no place in our country. And I back the police to hold those responsible accountable. But then Tyrone Mings replied, you don't get to stoke the fire at the beginning of the tournament by labeling our anti-racism gestures. Uh, messages as gesture politics mm. and then pretend to be disgusted when the very things we're campaigning against happens. Exactly. Aaron Mings wasn't having any of it. And uh, actually, I think Steve, you posted onto our story a few little excerpts of stuff that Pretty Patel had said in the past, uh, where she'd said stuff such as uh, Pretty Patel describes Black Lives Matter protests as dreadful. The Home Office mired in racism claims now plans another mass deportation of Black people. Uh, Pretty Patel's language uh, fuels racist attacks in the same way Trump's does, charities claim. And Pretty Patel says England fans have a right to boo players taking the knee. Uh, I believe Boris also took a similar stance and today he came out and said, oh no, you should go back under whatever rock you came out of if you say anything racist. But it's like, you know, as Tyra Ming said, if you stoke the fire, do you know what I mean? You can't Mm, own it. Yeah, you got to own it. At least own up to it, man. Like this 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 is what I mean. It's a bit mad because like, you know, like, this is the whole... I love it. You know what? It's kind of like poetic justice. Like, the whole thing that they were, boo- like, booing, you know, the knee, their, their reason for booing was like, oh, you know, don't bring politics into football. It's not really a thing in England. The exact same thing they were booing happened only, like, two games later. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. blew up. So it's like, yeah, guess why we're, we're taking the knee? Like, like, it's more than politics now. Are you serious? A kid that's 19... That's disgusting, man. Sancho. I, I'm very, very proud of Saka, man. Like, you know, it takes Love. a lot of um, courage to to stand up in such a big occasion and say, look, mm. you know, I'll do it. But again, I I think here's here's the way I view it. I think I think what really happened is people are saying, oh, uh, Southgate threw the black players under the bus. I don't think that was his intention. Like, nah, you know, say nah, what you nah, want nah, about Southgate, but he's actually a lovely human being. Like, I actually think he's a good person. Like, deep mm. down. You might not like the way he manages the team, but he seems like a stand-up guy. I think what he was actually trying to do was he was trying to give the limelight to those players. As in, he I think he wanted um, Rashford, Sancho, and Saka to score mm. so that they can have the you know the the stage and everyone could be proud of what they've accomplished. Um, unfortunately, I think it backfired. Like that's in my opinion. I don't think he was trying to set them up. I think he was yeah. trying to actually give them the limelight and get them to shine on the big stage. It didn't work out. It was a gamble. Mm. But, you know, like, I, I'm just not understanding. A, a mural of uh, Rashford. Marcus Rashford was was kind of graffitied over and had to be covered up. And there was a mural that was put up when he helped feed hungry children. So it's like... It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's just that, it, you know, what he represents at that point is just something far mm. more sinister than anything you can really you can really put into words. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It was... It, it's a bit... It, it's a bit... You know, even as much as we say we don't fully, fully support England... It was of you can't help it. saying you can't help yeah, it. Yeah. You know what I mean, you've grown up here, and when you look at the players that are playing for England right now, you know they, they seem like guys who are from similar areas to us or similar kind of backgrounds to us, and so you do like them, and they are a good collective of people. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I, the England players have no fault. I can't lie. The England players, I think, I'm kind of proud of them. Even I'm very though, proud of them. I think they've done very well, man. They've done very well. The tactics were set up wrong for them, but they've done very well. Even Southgate, like, you know what? He's the first manager to bring in politics to football, really, if you think about it. You know, when he released yeah, he a letter did, at the did, start? He did write the letter and he well, he has been relatively vocal in comparison to other managers. You are right in that. I mean, he brought up the whole race thing, to be honest, in the letter. Yeah. And like, you got to commend him for that. To say that he, you know, I mean, on purpose threw the black players as stupid, like it's impossible. I think. Yeah, I don't think that was the case at all. I don't think he was trying to set them up. Yeah. I, I, what I think also is that some, maybe perhaps some of the senior players didn't want to take the ball, but like his first choice seniors. But um, anyway, either way, it doesn't matter. It's just pens. Um, But like you said, you know, you can't help. Like I can say all this, but you know what happens every year? Every time uh, the competition comes around, I'm supporting England. Because I can't help it, man. I agree. Do you know, this is the dilemma of like a second generation unwanted immigrant. <laughs> like yeah. The dilemma is that you know you're not wanted, but because you you invested your whole life into this place and the culture, like let's be frank, we're part of the culture. Do you know what I mean? We have a London accent, etc. Mm. Like the dilemma is you're still attached, and so you can't really run away. Every time it comes around, I'm on it, bruv. You know my shirt is on. I'm watching every game. I I say I'm not going to watch a game. I watch every game, bruv. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I used to actively root against England. Um, but then, as you know, as I've gotten older, as you said, like the older you get, the more time you spend within this culture, you you are this culture, right? I mean, I was born yeah. here as well. We, you, we both were. And, um, you know, it, I have like a second conundrum in that my parents are, are from Turkey, but we're Kurdish, right? And Kurdish people mm-hmm. don't have a country. So technically, I don't have an international team to support. So it's either going to be Turkey, yeah. it's going to be England. And, you know, it's like pick... Yeah, do you know what I mean? Turkey's first of all, Turkey's shit at football, but secondly, you know, it's like pick your poison, right? It's mm. neither one is necessarily inclusive of me and my people. So it's like mm. I can't really look at it on an ethical standpoint and say, no, I have to support this team or that one. Because neither one really ethically is, that's is, true, that's true. is clean. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm, mm, mm. Um anyway, like okay, well, let's we've talked about football. I know we veer on to very many different topics on this podcast, but you know, it's upsetting. Let's put the football talk to bed for a second. You know what? Can I say one more thing? Oh, yeah, sure. Go on. Look, the World Cup's next year. Southgate is going to keep the job. He's not He's not going to leave. I think England can do it, man. As much as I, <laughs> as much as we I got disappointed. Steve, I don't know about what but I, know. I think they can do it, man. If Look, if they use this tournament and this failure as like a fire up their ass for the next uh, tournament. Bruv, let, let me just put it this way. I think they have a good opportunity to do well. So... You know, kind of looking forward to the Look, World If Cup. the draw and everything goes our way in the same way they did this time around, you know, potentially they can still go very far. But, I, you know, again, as I say, I like Southgate as a person, right? Mm-hmm. I like him as a person. But if he continues to play this style of football, mm. I just, when you come against those teams that are, you know, top, top-notch quality, mm-hmm. they're always going to outdo you in, in, these, in these sorts of matches. We saw it happen against Croatia in the last World Cup. World Cup. You know, we scored first, we were ahead, we tried to play defensive football the whole match and they ended up beating us 2-1. And, you know, we've seen a similar type situation with Italy this time around. And I think in the next World Cup, if we have Southgate again, you know, I don't see him suddenly becoming Pep Guardiola, right? He's he's similar tactics. And there is this like weird favoritism of Mason Mount, which again, I think Mason Mount is a very good footballer. Mm. But the way he's utilised for England isn't right. And, you know, when someone doesn't play well, you have it has to be a meritocracy, right? The whole Jack Grealish Southgate thing is a bit fugazi as well. So, mm. I don't know, innit? I, I, All right, I'm, last question, last question. Bit, yeah. 
after after the World Cup, I'm sure he's going to stay for the World Cup. But let's say after the World Cup, whatever new project, who do you get in? Um, I think you know what personally, it might be a bit of a hipster's choice, but I'm thinking more Graham Potter, who's the um, Brighton manager. Because mm-hmm. he, he's young and he knows how to coach uh, attacking style of football. Now, the players that he has at Brighton are very poor, yeah. especially strikers. Yeah. But his team does create chances. He just doesn't have the, the players, the facilities to basically finish off the chances that are being created. I get what you he mean. knows how to coach an attacking style of football. And he's young and he's British and so on. But, you know, if you want to throw out a wild one in there, like what you could say is, I don't know, like, let's get like an Henri or someone. A sta- um, oh, Henry. sorry. No, not Henri. Wow. Let's say. Uh, a Wenger. Oh. Let's get like someone like a Wenger, you know what I mean? Who knows British football, who's got, you know, years mm. in the game. Just for one competition, you know, to steady the ship. Like, personally, what I would do is maybe bring in someone like Wenger, who's a bit older, who's a bit more experienced for this next World Cup that's in a year. Hmm. And because Southgate did say that he doesn't want to overstay his welcome. So he did put that message out there today. So perhaps he is thinking to step down. Mm, it sounds like it, yeah. Exactly. So maybe bring in Wenger for that one year period to just kind of steady the ship, get the best out of the players that he can. You know he knows English football. You know he understands young talent and how to actually get the best out of them. Get someone like that in for a year. And then, yeah, like I said, it's a bit of a fugazi pick. It might not be worthwhile at all, but I would maybe go for Graham Potter in the long term. I think Graham Potter long term would be amazing, but whether we can prime away from club football, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know, f- man. I, I just would hate to see his career wasted at Brighton because I just mm. don't think they have the money and the facilities to, yeah, they just to, yeah. to do anything really, basically. My wild card, Mourinho. I'm going to put it there. Just imagine the press conferences. But imagine, sure he's just never playing another game in his life then, if that's the case. So... Um, I'm just looking at entertainment value. Mourinho at England. Nah, he can't keep getting it. away with this, man. He can't keep getting it. He's, he's in Rome now. Get and, in. Uh, <laughs> I want him to come back. Let's see. Let's see, man. I, I, I'm not too. I'm not too. I, I'm not too devastated. I'm not too hopeful. I'm just gonna be, you know, neutral and neutral, see steady, how yeah. things develop. Do you know what let's I mean? See. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, uh, let's move on to just something that's slightly a bit more, bit more, um, you know, scientific, I guess. Mm. Uh, so. Branson uh, beat Jeff Bezos to space, basically. Uh, we've discussed in depth uh, Jeff Bezos's idea to kind of go up into space with his, uh, Steve, you know the name of it. What's it called? Blue Blue Origin. Blue Origin shuttle to go up and basically do a 90-minute trip or whatever uh, and come back down. Uh, but yeah, Richard Branson kind of beat him to it. Mm. You know Richard now, Branson, yeah? Out of the no. billionaires. He's mm. a dark horse. No yeah. one speaks about him like that, but I'm telling you, man, he was there from day one. Do you know what I mean? Like he was that guy before social media. Mm. So I, yeah, I, I don't know, he, man. He, you know what it is? Why does every every billionaire nowadays want to be a, like an influencer? It's hilarious. I find it entertaining. It's like a football team. I they feel all like I'm watching be out a in the team. limelight. Like I don't understand what that what all, all of this obsession with it is. But mm. um, yeah, you're right. Actually, Branson was kind of like one of the first ones to kind of incorporate himself into you know his adverts and stuff like that, where his his actual persona kind of represented his his company. Exactly. And then obviously now you got Elon and you got Jeffrey and so on. Um, Bill Gates never had drip like that. Let's be honest. But nah, nah, he's not like that. He's different. So, like, well, what's your thoughts as an engineer, seeing seeing what he's done there? Where the, you know, if you know a bit more about it, maybe you, you might want to speak about it. But mm. well, it's the Virgin he, Galactic stuff, isn't yeah, it? So, yeah, like, yeah. we spoke about it on a on episode. To be fair, uh, early on in season one. So, if you want to go back and listen, I'm pretty sure we named it something very obvious. But um, yeah, man, he's he's got he's got good ideas. He's he's not going for the necessarily uh, the rocket ideas. 
that the rest are rocket technology is like the big oh wow do you remember like flip phones <laughs> it's kind of like that kind of eyes yeah. but he's like the project that he's working on is more like very high altitude aircrafts slash rocketry uh, it's quite interesting and it's something a bit fresher if that makes sense um so i guess it's, his plan is to science. get off a trips or something right so you can like you yeah. pay him 100 grand or whatever and you go on a 90 minute trip to space and you come back down safely and you yeah. just land but, I'm, but I don't think that's the main business model. I think the main business model is to cheaply deploy satellites. Mm. So whoever's cheapest, obviously the government are going to give them contracts and they're just going to be doing the so satellite So why do you think this was such a you know rush? Because when Jeffrey Bezos said he's going to do it, then he was like, no, no, I have to do it first. Like, why are they rushing to do it first? Because you, you, you know in aerospace, you know, how they sell aircraft. Every year they have a, an air show actually in mm. France and in the UK. And we're in that air show every year, the companies make hella money. I mean, they, okay. if you really think about it, it sounds stupid, right? They go and they just do a show, but the people that come there are all businessmen. They see like which ones look good, and then they put in big bids. Do you know what I mean? They go to Airbus and say, look, we want 50, blah, 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 or whatever they want. And I, I feel like it's the same kind of thing in this industry where they need to show off their technology. Do you know what I mean? Look, Richard Branson beat him to it. So maybe the US will think, well, here we go. Benson, here you go. You seem more competent. It's, it's I find the that culture. so odd. Like, surely, mm. surely it shouldn't be about who got there first. It should be about whose technology is better. But then again, have you seen Jeffrey Bezos' ship? Mm-hmm. It looks, it looks like a dick. Like, yeah, I'll just say, it looks like a penis. Like, uh, honestly, go Google it if you're listening to this. It looks like a Blue penis. Origin. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I don't think that'll sell, but... That, that's not selling, own. man. That just seems like you're just violating the airspace. There's no way, like... <laughs> But yeah, no. This is this is how this industry works. It's a bit. It's it's very different. I mean, if you think about it, there's nothing really that compares to this kind of space industry. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I I think the competition is just proving that we're better. Really think about it. Most governments don't really know how aircraft manufacturing or space manufacturing occurs, and even to the point where like certification is done by the aircraft manufacturer because they don't know. So. They put a lot of trust into them, and I guess when they're buying, etc., they just want to see good performance in general terms. So, wow, you beat the competitor, you're more efficient, you know, you're cheaper. Mm-hmm. These kind of things really have a place. So that's my opinion. Might not be, might be just Richard Branson flexing on Jeffrey Boardhead Bezos, the alien. But yeah. you know, what can we do? What can for us? It means nothing. For us, it's just entertainment. <laughs> they're probably making hella money. Which is yeah, out I here, mean, like, they're, too, they're talking about like 280 million or something, like insane mm. amounts of money into like just in single trips, like to get that one trip to happen. You know, a lot of money is going into it. So you would assume that yeah. they're not just doing it for the sake of, you know, measuring each other's dicks. Like they actually want to, they, they're going to make some money out of it. And I guess the way you've described it makes sense that if, if yeah. they can show that they did it first, then you know maybe that yeah, helps yeah. them in the in the long term with with selling their product and you know exactly their honors so you did it first you're the safest i mean even like you said 28 mil or however mil it is you for every kilo that you send to space it costs you already like a couple mils exactly, really yeah. think about that. that's insane like just in fuel so the more why it, does it cost so much though because like it's just it requires a lot of resources to put it up there it takes a lot of Fuel, first of all, is, is one of the biggest costs. Operation, mm. it's just really, really expensive. It's not, it's not something that's like not expensive. But really think about how valuable that is. 
like to have if people like misunderstand information and connections are insanely valuable back in the day you know to send a message to to let's say bristol you had to wait two days now it's literally instant that's insane like that that that's pushes the economy to like insane levels everything just like is is on steroids essentially and the better infrastructure you have in that sense you know it's worth paying that money it just makes sense so also a lot of it's military so you you know how it is with military they got whatever money they need so yeah well, I mean, uh, okay. Well, let's let's move, look at some other stuff that's going to happen, you know, very soon. So, in a week's time, uh, Freedom Day, everything's going to be basically eased. What do you think about it? Are you are you ready? Freedom for that? Day. What is Freedom Day? Well, yeah, they're calling it Freedom Day oh, as in July nineteenth. Uh, all the restrictions are going to come to an end. Lockdowns over. Mm. Um, Sajid Javid, who's the new. Um, I guess, I guess, vaccine minister or something. I, By the I don't way, know they, I love yeah, names he, that rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair, and um, yeah, he's saying that you know, if there's when is there going to be a good time to you know um, stop lockdown? I guess we're just going to have to live with COVID. Uh, when's a better time, if not now? Uh, meanwhile, the Dutch PM has come out and said sorry for easing restrictions too soon, as they kind of ease restrictions and they got a massive mm. uh, sudden. Uh, blow of cases do you think there'll be a third wave or do you think now that we're all vaccinated obviously we're not talking about this from a space yeah. of a place of knowledge or anything so i don't want anyone to take this as gospel but this is like know, just, just let's predict it right let's just let's just talk about it yeah a so, bit of bro science yeah yeah a bit of bro science you know um like what, what do you think do you think that it's, it's smart to kind of for me there's gonna be a point i don't know if it's now or like two years down the line but this is not gonna go away do you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be a point where you measure risks and you say, look, on the balance, it's time to open up. You can't eradicate diseases, man. We Like, things are still around that. We've been here for, like, millions of years. You just re- limit the, like you said, the resources on the NHS, the level of deaths, obviously, if it's an acute uh, disease, then you can't do anything. But also, like, the spread and the protection of people. Hopefully, the vaccine helps with that. Obviously, I'm not the expert to decide when that is, but if the experts genuinely see that the level of risk is low now and that the NHS can handle, you know, uh, the, the, for sure, like comfortably, whatever the risk backlash would be, then I think it's time to open up enough. Like, I'm kind of getting fed up as well, personally. <laughs> yeah, I think on a, from a personal standpoint, I think everyone's just really like had enough of this. Um that being said, that you know, yeah. it, it is a difficult, it is a difficult one, and I don't really sympathise with this government um, because uh, since we started doing this podcast, we were saying that the initial steps when it first started off were completely mismanaged, and you can't even say, oh, we didn't have the information because other countries had it before us. We should have seen what was going on there and immediately shut down borders. We're an island; it should have been very easy for us. That being said, as you said, now that it has spread. And we've got so many different variants and it's in circulation. We can't really do anything about it, in my opinion. Like, yeah, it yeah. is going to be here. Like, it's gone to such a point where we're always going to have this, this kind of threat. I think the best thing we can do is just vaccinate everyone as much as we can, invest as much money as we can into COVID research going forward, just so that we can bring out more, more drugs and more useful, uh, you know, I guess, prophylactics to stop it from being as severe and just need to make sure that NHS isn't overwhelmed. That's about it, really. That's about it. And I, also, I'm a bit worried that, like, what about other diseases? Why are we so fixed on, you know, a coronavirus, which has always existed, if you, if that makes sense? 
I understand, like in recent terms, that it makes sense because obviously I, it was devastating. I think the reason why COVID is kind of front and center is because it, it's it's very easy to pass around, and obviously because of because of how easily it spreads, um, you know, it's killing a lot of people as well. It's a lot more dangerous than like the flu, for example. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 right to prioritize it. Obviously, I mean, we're living yeah, in the yeah. middle of a COVID pandemic. Uh, but you know, I don't. I don't think COVID is going to be the last disease that we're going to have to deal with. No, for sure. Yeah, it happens uh, all the time, and it's seen, not like yeah, it's only our seen, generation. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we've seen in recent times and in you know times of the past that there are going to be these new virulent uh, strains that are going to come out from different different types of diseases. It's just about having the correct kind of um, education and uh, and procedures in place to allow us to deal with it going forward. I think yeah. this conversation has been done to death anyway. Like, you know, we're not really adding enough, anything bro. to it, but yeah. Enough. Enough I'm vaccinated. Is, That's yeah, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm vaccinated to go get your vaccines. Stop being silly. It's not got a microchip in it. Just get your vaccines. <laughs> it is what it is. If there's a side effect, we'll deal with it afterwards, but there shouldn't be anyway. Mm-hmm. Just get your vaccines. Don't be silly. Stop believing every conspiracy you hear on Facebook. We've done enough, a conspiracy yeah. episode. We discussed all this stupid stuff anyway. You know, let, let's just move on. Let's as a as a country just get to grips with it and just move on. Um, but be safe. Uh, so, Steve, mm. is there any other topic that you saw this week that you might want to discuss before we move on to discussing the movie of the week? Um, well, no, not really. <laughs> I tried to excite you there, but wonderful uh, conversation there from Stephen. Wonderful uh, <laughs> input. Um, but yeah, okay. So, Steve. Yeah, uh, this week's uh, movie club, VRP movie club movie was Uncut Gems, as suggested by Stephen. Uh, obviously, last week we we talked about Dolomite Is My Name and it was our first ever five-star movie. Hmm. And now this is, a, for me, a very strong contender. I won't tell you my final you know, uh, rating mm-hmm. just yet, but uh, I believe it's from the Safi brothers. Um, they've done uh, a few other movies as well. Uh, this had Adam Sandler as a gem dealer. It's crazy. And Adam Sandler, you might think, well, Adam Sandler is a comedic actor and, you know, he plays very flamboyant figures and so on. Uh, what, what sort of movie is this? Now, you might think it's a comedy. And unfortunately, I also thought it was a comedy when I was first watching it. And I quickly realized it wasn't a comedy. And he is fantastic in it, in my opinion. Mm. I did not expect that kind of performance from Adam Sandler. It was, it was, it was, it was Insane, great. Yeah. It was just a great, uh, great um, performance from him. Actually, let me give you a, a little Spoiler bit of information alert. about yeah. it. Give him the plot a little bit. Spoiler alert. Yeah, so um, it's it's a movie by Josh and Benny Safdie. Not Safdie or whatever I said in the beginning. Um, but it's about a charismatic jeweler who makes a high-stakes bet that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. In a precious high-wire act, he must balance business, family, and adversaries on all sides in pursuit of the ultimate win. So he's You a, read that um, straight off a sheet. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Please. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he's he basically is a gem dealer. Uh, there's this gem that is very valuable that he has, and he kind of starts off with that one. And then it, it, weirdly enough, he has Kevin Garnett in it, who, who's a basketballer in the NBA. That was so weird. Yeah, and he, basically Adam Sandler is juggling a bunch of debts. You know, uh, oh, he plays yeah. a guy called Howard Ratner. He's juggling mm. loads of debts. He's got like a mistress who's played by Julia Fox, who's actually called Julia in the movie as well. And yeah, he w- while he's doing all of this kind of running around from these debt collectors. He decides I'm gonna put all of the money that I owe to the net collectors onto a a basketball match with Kevin Garnett, who happens to have his gem and believes that the gem is gonna bring him good luck. Should we take it from there, Steve? What was your crazy film, bro? And it's not just Kevin Garnett. 
The Weeknd was in that film and he had a pretty major role. He, it was yeah, The Weeknd yeah, starring was actually, yeah. as The Weeknd, which yeah. is hilarious. Um, Adam Sandler, my God. And you know what? I Props to him, man, because I thought his career was over. I thought this. Yeah, guy, I just uh, got used to watching watching him on like these Netflix movies where mm. it's like he just gets a bunch of his friends go somewhere, wears like a Hawaiian shirt, and just makes exactly. you know dumb faces. But this was this this was a movie movie. This was cinema. You know what this I mean? Was this was a real film. Cinema. Yeah, this was like cinema. Yeah, cinema. You know, yeah, like exactly <laughs> proper stuff. Like um, yeah. no, for me, the character design was sick, bruv. Like they could have done it where he's just a jeweler. Do you know what I mean? But like mm. they gave him a vibe. Do you know what I mean? He was like Jewish American. Yeah, yeah no, he like, he fully looked the part. Yeah, yeah. Like, with yeah. the slick back hair and the sunglasses and the you know the the dad uh, the dad sh- polo with the leather jacket exactly. on top. The dad polo was hilarious. Like, yeah, you really felt like they really invested in the character and like the little quirks in him and you know his lifestyle choices. He wasn't just a jeweler. Like he he was a real person. It such a weird film, but also the he, film had no. I don't know about you, but throughout the film. I never felt at ease. And I think this was all on purpose. Bro, this is something that these these two brothers do all the time. It pisses mm. me off. Whenever I watch anything that they've done, it's you feel like you're having an anxiety attack the whole time yeah, you watch yeah. a movie. It's like the sudden, it's like the colors that they use are very vivid. The music that they play in the back of it, you're constantly on the edge of your seat thinking, oh shit, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Oh shit, what's going to happen next? But and I guess really that's what this movie feel, was, yeah. Yeah, it was meant to make you feel like the actual, the diamond guy, right? He's always on edge, wheeler dealer, like, yeah, know very erratic next. individual. Very erratic. And then, <laughs> he's hilarious as well. And then, um, the, but then there's the part where the individual breaks down and it kind of calms. It suddenly just stops. For me, I felt like it just stopped. And I was like, wow. Like it really made it really poignant. And then obviously after that, he gets erratic again. And then you you reach a climax and then he dies. Just spoiler alert. Bro, the, the idea, I can't like, I didn't see that ending coming. I thought, yeah, okay, he's this this lunatic. He's managed to pull it out of the bag. Yeah. And then bang, crazy. headshot, he's dead. I, I couldn't believe it. But did you not feel like, I felt like all the pressure left. Like I didn't feel under pressure anymore because of the way it yeah, was. I felt like I was holding my breath, but then I I, I breathed out when so it was clever. like, well, it's done now, isn't it? I like, can't, can't get any worse than this. We've come to the climax of the of mm. the movie. So clever. And I think like, that was all done on purpose to like show you exactly signify the death. It's, the death was actually a release for him, like no more. Bro, the way the way he he was just in that movie going, I'm gonna come and all of this. I was like, Adam oh, yeah. Sandler, what's going on here? <laughs> uh, obviously, we we know him from like uh, you know Big Daddy and Happy yeah, Gilmore and yeah. stuff like that. You know, so when you see him in a serious role like this and he's just talking wicked, sick um, film. Yeah, no, it was. I, I really enjoyed this film. It was one of those ones which. Uh, I've heard of the Safety brothers and I watched one movie that they had, which might be our next suggestion potentially mm. Uh, mm. of theirs. Uh, I watched it prior and that also made me feel similar in like, I felt anxious when I was watching the film. Mm. Um, but you know, everyone's given this a high rating. It's 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 91% on Metacritic, uh, but it's only a 7.4 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let, what, what was your thoughts in terms of what would you rate this film? Like, it, you know, let's mm. say, would this film go into your top five movies ever? I I honestly believe this is like top four, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, not even kidding. This is, it blew my mind when I watched that film. I, I can't not give it a five out of five. If, if Dolomite got five out of five, which was a very good film, this for me is like a notch above Dolomite. 
So Indeed, I, you liked it that much? That much. It had to be a five. Well, that's crazy, you know. I mean, mm. I, I feel to be a bit of a bastard and give it something lower, just to lower the, the, the stars well, of it. Um, you know what? J- just for the, the sanctity of our friendship, I'll give it a five as well. So we can put this as our second five-star movie. We don't there really give five stars like that. But to be fair, I mean, you know, if you are going to give a five-star movie, why not give it to one that you actually enjoyed watching? Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be one of those ones which are like, Oh, it's so deep and so. It doesn't you know, need to be. Yeah, it, it doesn't need to be. be. It was just cinema. fucking entertaining, yeah. bro. Like uh, this was a movie that really kept me on the edge of my seat, which is mm. hard to do nowadays. Uh, Steve, you know me. I got a bit of ADHD, and I uh, yeah, yeah, you're a bit erratic you know. as well. Yeah, you know I'm what? The guy myself. actually looked like you. This is what's funny. Look like me, no, no, don't respect guy, me, please. Respect. <laughs> the he main wishes character. He looked like me. Don't be. Don't when be you watch the film. I'm telling you, this is what Aaron looks like. Whenever you listen to his voice, nah, Aaron right. looks like the like, guy in the film. Listen, I'm a bit erratic, like the main character, but I don't look like the main character. Respect me, please. <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, now nah, I'll give it a five stars. Go on, you cheeky fucker. I'll give it a five stars. But you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to pick the the Safdie movie, which is called mm. uh, Good Times. I don't want to pick that. Leave one, it for actually. another another week. I'll leave it for. We will review that one later on down the line. Mm. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go for one of my wayward choices again, which is like a really random movie. Go for it. Yeah. So there's a movie called. I am not a serial killer. Mm. It's literally called I am not a serial killer. It's a right. 2016 film right. and you can find it on Amazon, right? So it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it, it's a it's a low budget movie that actually ended up kind of being a, a bit of a, you know, a cult classic sort of thing. Like people know about it, it has its own niche little following. Right, right. Uh, yeah, but it's, it, in my opinion, it was, a, it was one of those movies where I just, you know, when you go on uh, Amazon Prime, you yeah, randomly yeah. pick a movie It was one of those ones I randomly picked it But uh, that's my suggestion I okay. suggest you watch it It's one that will be You know I think I think it's a good watch So give it a watch And we'll, we'll review it properly Next week And we'll we'll discuss What we did and didn't like About it Sounds So good. I Am Not a Serial Killer 2016 movie On Prime Video mm. Right Well I guess on that On that note Thank you everyone For listening And tuning back in uh, You know You can catch us again If you hop onto The bonus episode which we'll probably film after this. So we're going to keep on rolling, lads. And uh, it may not have come home this week, but it's going to come home next year. Come on, son. <laughs> In a million years. All right. Uh, see you guys. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? You- that was bloody brilliant.